wait another minute I can wait another second to be With you for an eternity I feel like I am in a daydream Every moment that I spend with you With you Won't you take me Second to be with you for an eternity. I feel like I am in a daydream. Every moment that I spend with you, with you, won't you take me? you're all having an amazing day today it's Aisha from God FM and today I'm doing a sermon called castles in the sky don't know about you but this world is really doing my head in I don't really want to be here I really want to be in heaven with the Lord so it can be very hard but I had actually planned to do a different sermon today I was going to do a sermon all about wisdom because I had a dream about it. But while I was uh, picking out some music, I was listening to some soul music. I heard this track and I was like, wow, um, I must get that and record it. And then another couple of tracks later, I heard this one and I just started to cry my eyes out. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'd applied my makeup this morning and I'd actually been trying different makeups and things you know when you reach a certain age you've got to redo makeup differently so I was quite upset that all my makeup had run off my face because I couldn't control myself I was just crying so much because it really expressed how I was feeling and so I thought right okay <sighs> looks like I'm gonna have to do a sermon about this instead <laughs> So, uh, for all the ladies out there who are in their 30s and 40s, when you get wrinkles under your eyes, I just want to give you a tip on makeup, if that's okay. Um, I have wrinkles under my eyes. Um, for some reason, I have aged more quickly than I should have. And so, I for a while didn't use makeup. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try a little bit of makeup again, just to make myself feel better. Something I have control over. As a world I don't at the moment, you know what I'm saying. So there was a lady who showed on uh, TikTok how to conceal wrinkles. And I want to share it with you because it was very successful. So when I cried, I went to go and redo this makeup. So I tried this. I put a bit of concealer under my eyes. I tapped it with my fingers very lightly. And men could do this also. 
And then I had a setting spray and I put it on the sponge and I just gently tapped it with the sponge to take the excess off and just tap it in there. And all my wrinkles went. And it was just like I didn't have wrinkles. It took about 10 years off my face. So for me, this is one of the best things. Anyway, another astounding thing. So I was very pleased with that. Um, I was uh, then, I realized that the TV, I normally leave it on TBN and it was on the wrong channel because uh, our TV broke this week. And so we got a different TV. And uh, anyway, I don't like smart televisions, so I don't have anything smart. Uh, but what I do have is an Apple box, which makes it like a smart TV, but without listening to you, which is really good. So anyway, because <laughs> TVs now watch you if they're smart. So anyway, the reason I'm telling you this, so I realized that the wrong channel was on. So I thought, right, I'll put on TVN. And just then this guy was talking about castles in the sky. <laughs> oh, the castles in heaven. So I know I'm on the right track with the Lord with this sermon today. Um, I really feel that he wants to reassure all these people that are listening to my sermon today, that he's with you and he loves you so very much. He really does care about every little thing, about every little tiny bit of your life, no matter how bad it is, the Lord is there and he can sort out any problem, no matter how big it is or how impossible it might seem. And so I want to share what I received from the Lord and what he wanted to share with me, you today, what he shared with me in the set. It's not very long today. It's just very uplifting. So if you want to find God FM, you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, Love Heart Radio, and also Apple, and also BitChute for our videos, God FM Media on Telegram, for all our videos and also we're now on rumble for all our videos on telegram you can find us on god fm news chat god fm bible school chat god fm sermons chat and god fm's um media chat and also god's homeschool and if you want to email me please do admin at godfm.org.uk and we can join you to our whatsapp if you like as well um so let's get cracking with this Castles in the Sky today is the 15th of April 2023. Saisha from God FM. <laughs> so, the Lord has got plans for your life. Yes. Jeremiah 29 colon 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. My next heading is, I go to prepare a place for you. John 14, colon 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. So that's about the castles. Isn't that beautiful? Next heading. I just feel like crying now. It's so beautiful. Next heading. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And this was in Esther, you know, when she became queen, and all the Jews were um, going to be exterminated. I think it's Raman and uh, horrible. You know, and he had these big plans because he was given a lot of power by the king. And she couldn't really reveal who she was, you know, in terms of being an Israelite. So I thought that was very beautiful. She had also to go before the king. You couldn't go unless you were summoned. So she was taking her life into her hands because if you approach the king without being summoned, you could be killed. You know, that was the way it was in those days. Um, so what is the meaning of all of this? Well, God has a plan for your life. There are times when God will ask you to do things that are difficult. Can God accomplish his plans without you? Yes, he can. But he asks you to participate in his plans because 
It strengthens your faith. We may face uncertainty, failure, fear, and suffering as we try to fulfill God's plan for our lives. But God is with us every step of the way. He is working all things for the good of those who love him. Romans 8, 28. So this verse was spoken to Esther because she found herself in a position to rescue her people, the Jews, well, actually the Israelites, from death. But if she followed through with her plans to intervene, she put her own life at risk because of the laws at the time. Esther was reluctant, but she trusted that God would oversee everything. He is sovereign after all. And that in her position at that time, she needed to do what needed to be done. This tested her faith in the Lord. And God was working all things out for the good of all of their situations at that time. So we sometimes it's at the pinnacles, you know, of life when you're just at the crux of it, you know. I actually explained it to my daughter the other day. If you've got two mountains, but a mountain of truth and a mountain of lies, and they collide with one another. What happens is you get like this volcano that comes out. <laughs> and so it can feel very traumatic. But ultimately, I don't know if you know, but earth grows very well after it's been burnt. And larvae also has got all these nutrients in it. So it may be unpleasant to go through the refining process but ultimately, you will be so much better off afterwards. You'll look back and you'll go, wow, that was tough, but the Lord was there. And also, how would you know that you can trust the Lord in your, your difficult times unless you've been through all of these trials and you've approached the Lord? You know, when you go to him in your closet at a one-to-one -one level, not going to churches and buildings and priests, or man, but going before the Lord in your humbleness and you sing his praises and you say, look, I know you're amazing and you're such an amazing God. You created everything. I know that with everything that you are, you are so majestic, mysterious, interesting, powerful, scary and loving, gracious and kind and fair, full of justice and righteousness. And I can actually talk to you, Lord, at a one-to-one -one level about my problems, about situations, and put it before you. And I know that you are listening to me because the Lord is listening to every single thing I say. I want you to know that everything he, he's watching, everything you do, and he's counted all the hairs on your head. So I had a situation with someone I was talking with this yesterday. And uh, anyway, I was explaining there's someone else who's a competitor in the industry. I have a, an estate agent. And um, anyway, he was saying, oh, this guy says that I can get this much for this property. If I do this, that and the other, if I buy this property, I can rent it out for this. And I said, yes. I said, the difference is between this person and myself is that I believe in God and that everything I do is for the Lord. So when I advise you and say that you won't really achieve that rental value because you're being greedy and it'll be empty for a whole month and that'll cost you a thousand pounds if you want to rent it out for this amount. The difference is between this chap and myself is I said, he's probably trustworthy. He's quite new in business, but he probably chop your hand off to have his lunch. Yes, if necessary. Yeah. So um, this is the way I explained it. Whereas I, my uh, agenda here is not um, for any other reason, but to be fair and uh, to seek to please the Lord. So I could also tell him whatever I wanted to. I said, but I'm the one who's going to have to show you the fruits of the pie when you bring it to me and market it. I won't be able to achieve that. So, you know, these are the things I put to him. And I was saying, you know, with 15 years experience, I think I should know what I'm doing. 
I don't do a lot of work on the estate agent now, but anyway, that's the difference between knowing that you've got the Lord and and not having the Lord. You know, I've had it where I had a really bad tenant and I prayed with the landlord that the Lord would get rid of him. And he, and he left on his own accord within a month or two, I think it was. And, you know, we didn't have to go to court and the Lord made it happen. I believe it. And so this is the kind of thing that I take to the Lord, no matter how big it is. And even if it involves business, I take it before the Lord with my client. And if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. Yes, because everything about me is about the Lord. And so, you know, these are the ways I look at it. I'm very uh, passionate to demonstrate the power of the Lord. Obviously, if you're working for someone, it makes it a bit more tricky. But anyway, I digress. Okay. <laughs> My next heading is what is God's promise? God promises to take care of all your needs. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4 colon 19. So we've also got some other promises of the Lord, which I want to go through with you. Let's go. <laughs> so, there are many, many promises of God in Scripture. In each promise, God pledges that something will or will not be done or given or come to pass. These are not flippant, casual promises such as we often make. These promises of God are rock solid, unequivocal commitments made by God himself because God is faithful. The recipients of the divine promises can have full assurance that what God has pledged will indeed be realized in Numbers 23:19. Here are just a few of the promises that God has made. Promises of God in the Old Testament. God promises to bless Abraham and through his descendants the whole world in Genesis 12 colon 2 to 3. This promise called the Abrahamic covenant pointed to the coming Messiah for whom Abraham looked in John 8 colon 56. God promised Israel to be their God and make them his people in Leviticus 26 colon 12 to 13. Old Testament history is teeming with examples of God's fulfillments of his promises. God promised that if we search for him, we will find him in Deuteronomy 4, 29. He is not playing hard to get. Our God is near us whenever we pray to him in Deuteronomy 4, 7. God promised protection for his children in Psalm 121. He was the vigilant watchman over all Israel. God promised that his love will never fail in 1 Chronicles 16, 34. He is faithful in every way. God promised Israel that their sin could be forgiven, their prosperity restored, and their nation healed in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Repentance opened the road to fellowship and blessing God, under the terms of the Mosaic Covenant, promised prosperity to Israel for obedience and destruction for disobedience in Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 18. Unfortunately, Israel eventually chose to disobey God and the nation was destroyed by Assyria and Babylon. God promised blessing for all who will delight in themselves in the, in the word of the Lord, in Psalm 1, colon 1 to 3. Simple faith has its rewards. Promises of God in the New Testament. 
God promised salvation to all who believe in his Son, Romans 1, 16-17. There is no greater blessing than the free gift of God's salvation. God promised that all things will work out for good for his children in Romans 8, 28. This is the broader picture that keeps us from being dismayed by present circumstances. God promised comfort in our trials in 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. He has a plan, and one day we will be able to share the comfort we receive. God promised new life in Christ in 2 Corinthians 5,17. Salvation is the beginning of a brand new existence, as in we reborn and become new creatures. God promised every spiritual blessing in Christ in Ephesians 1,3, whereas in the Old Testament Israel had been promised a physical blessing. The church today has been promised a spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Our inheritance is reserved for us in 1 Peter 1,4. God promised to finish the work he started in us in Philippians 1,6. God does not do anything in half measures. He started the work in us and he will be sure to complete it. God promised peace when we pray. Philippians 4, 6-7 His peace is protection. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. God promised to supply all our needs in Matthew 6, 33 and Philippians 4, 19. Not that we get everything we want, but our needs will be taken care of. We are more valuable than the birds, and our Heavenly Father feeds them in Matthew 6, 26. Jesus promises in the Gospels, he promised rest in Matthew 11, 28-30. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus promised abundant life to those who follow him in John 10, 10. Following Jesus brings us more spiritual fulfillment than we could have anticipated. We leave boring behind. Jesus promised eternal life to those who trust him, John 4, 14. The Good Shepherd also promised to hold us securely. No one will snatch them out of my hand in John 10, 28. Jesus promised his disciples power from on high in Acts 1, 8. In this power, they turned the world upside down in Acts 17, 6. Jesus promised that he will return for us in John 14, 2-3. From then on, we will be with him always. There are many more promises of God that could be listed. All of them find their ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. The radiance of God's glory, Hebrews 1, 3. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, 2 Corinthians 1, 20. You see, in the old days, we'd have to go and see a priest, sacrifice an animal, <laughs> and... You know, we'd have to pay for the animal also. And this was also a daily routine, the sacrificing of animals. And now, because Jesus is our daily bread and our daily sacrifice, by him dying on the cross and shedding his blood, we are now joined to Christ if we become one of Christ's children and we do the sinner's prayer. And this also means because he is the head priest and he has communion upstairs in the heavens he is in both places at once just like uh, the ocean if you take a glass of water out of it so Jesus is God in the flesh and so this manifests his glorious plan in that he is inside us and he's also in the heavens just like the ocean which you can take a little glass out and that doesn't mean that it's not the ocean Still a bit of ocean, isn't it? So, in this way, we're all a body of water, like the ocean, but all joined together through our bodies. And it really matters not that we're not next to each other, standing together, 
because we are together in the spirit and together we fight and we stand in love, in unity, which gives us victory because Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. He did all the work for us because no one here is perfect like Jesus. So it doesn't really matter what you've done. Jesus came here for the sinner. So also, I mean, I wasn't a very popular little kid at school, all popular with the family, to be fair, or at work. <laughs> but I know that the Lord loves me, and that makes up for everything. You see, a lot of these people who fit in and they're the top of the class and they're cool kids, you know, they're cool in this world. But also, we must remember, we're only here for a short time. This is a temporary residence. We must not put our trust in this world because our riches and our rewards are in heaven and our mighty King of Kings also who listens to us and is connected and is always with us. When I say I'm going to the shop, I know that God is with me because his name is I am. So in this way, I know that I have nothing to fear but everything to gain. It's so amazing. <laughs> but there was something I was just thinking of, you know, for those people who aren't sure about Christ and the Lord. Why would you take the risk? Why? S silly, really. You know, when I took the leap of faith to follow the Lord, it's like he was clapping his hands and he was like, right, I'm going to show you some amazing things. Just like it says in Jeremiah 33, colon 3. You know, ask me and I will show you. Great wonders, he says in the, in the Bible. Right, so my next heading is the castles in the sky, which are mansions in heaven. The night before Jesus was crucified, he told his disciples that he would be leaving them and that they could not go with him in John 13, colon 33. Peter asked, where he was going and why they couldn't go with him. And Jesus assured them that they would follow him eventually. In John 13, colon 36 to 37, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Question mark. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be, in John 14, colon 2 to 3. This saying of Jesus has confused many because of the King James Version rendering of the words house and mansions. The Greek word translated house means an abode, literally, a figuratively, or by implication, a family. The word translated mansions or rooms means literally the act of staying in residing. So putting the Greek together, Jesus is saying that in God's home, heaven, there will be many people in the family of God, all abiding together. Within God's heavenly house, Christians will live in the presence of the Lord. This is quite different from the idea of rows of mansions on streets of gold, which is the image many people have of what Jesus is saying. Jesus Christ prepares a place in heaven for his own, those who come to him in faith, and the Holy Spirit prepares and redeems on earth for their place in heaven. Revelation 7, colon 9 tells us that there will be a great multitude in heaven that no one can number all standing before the throne. Here again, the imagery is of a multitudes of people together, not living separately in different mansions. Really interesting, isn't it? So what now is my next heading? You must know that God is in control of everything. He says in the Bible, for I know the thoughts, I know your thoughts, but I think let me read it from the scripture. <laughs> I did this picture frame yesterday and I thought I would 
use this scripture from it. But as I've written it, it's it's done it wrong. Okay, here we go. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 28 colon 11. Where is it? 29. Yeah, 29 colon 11. Tiny writing. So the other thing is, as I'm saying all this, uh, I often pick up little picture frames and make up scriptures for people. If you want one, please contact me on my email, admin at godfm.org.uk. I do them free of charge. And I think by having scripture around you, it really protects you. So uh, whenever I get a moment, I make them up and give them away. And sometimes I put them up in different rooms in the house and whatever. In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 6-7 to My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart. And my portion forever, Psalm 73, colon 26. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, Exodus 15, colon 11. Who is like you, your way among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders, question mark. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. Psalm 28, colon 7. So in this uh, final reminder, I just want to give you on this as well. (laughs) This is just a short period of time on earth. So if you imagine a long piece of string, you've got a five millimeter section. This is, you know, your section on earth. The rest is never-ending piece of string. My dad used to say, how long's a piece of string, dear? And I'd say, I don't know, Dad. (laughs) So that's what it reminds me of. But we can be sure of where we're going if we're saved and redeemed in Christ and we are reborn. And so this is wonderful because whilst you might be unhappy here temporarily on earth because the world hated Jesus, and it will hate you also. And whilst you're going in about your life, you must know that Satan is always prowling, like it says in the Bible, looking to come and make your life difficult. And the only way he can have access to your life is if you sin. Yes. But there is the story of Job, which you should also know about. Yes. Where the Lord tests you. And he also says about refining his people. (laughs) So I believe everything that's going on in the world, the Lord is in control of everything. I really believe this. Because even the pop stars are singing about the end times. This must mean that we are in the end times. If the pop stars are singing about it. You know, I think it's very incredible. But also, just knowing that... You know, all these people, these evil people that are doing all of this, the invasion has already taken place, by the way. Yes, these aliens or demons, as we call them, the ones with slit eyes, and they also glitch on the screen and become like zebra and things. There's a lot of clones and there's also projection. So a lot of this is really hard to tell what's really going on. We have to, on Google, do a human test, don't we? Check how many, count how many bridges, tick the boxes that are bridges. Same with bicycles, you know. And I just, I just think, well, I know I'm human, but why have I got to prove to AI that I'm human? Yeah? Why haven't we got the presidents and the leaders of the world proving that they are human? Because I don't think they are. Also, I might as well share this with you. The Lord's been showing me something, and I want to bring it up. When the Lord comes on a cloud, 
He also, the prophecies say that he comes in a ship. So ships also in the sky, by the way. You get ships on the on the ocean and ships in the sky. And the sky is also made of ocean water because the Lord split the, the firmament apart and made ocean above and below. So we live in a dome. Well, that's the way I understand it. But my point is here that he keeps bringing this up that all the kings of the earth unite and they go up against the Lord together to fight the Lord as it's prophesied. So they keep going on about a supposed alien invasion. Now I wonder if this alien invasion that they're going on about will actually be the Lord in a ship and all his chariots, you know, because the Lord's technology is amazing. I mean, if you know about the wheels that Ezekiel goes into detail about. <laughs> so, and the Lord talks about computing. Also, Jesus says, let not your flight be on a Sabbath in um, Matthew 24. Yeah, when you have to flee and you wreck, there's the mark of the beast. You know, when you see the the beast standing in the temple. This temple is not a physical temple that's going to be built inside us, yeah? So this is all very much happening now. So many amazing things are happening. We're seeing prophecy unfold. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that we are near the end. All right. Um, but also, everything will be worth it in the end. Put all your trust in the Lord and in the heavens and your rewards in heaven, not on earth. Stop worrying about this earth and what you have here. Worry more about pleasing the Lord and doing the work of the Lord because he is watching everything. You know, like I was saying to this chap yesterday, I said, I do this not for myself, not for you, but because I know the Lord is watching. Yeah, and I want to please the Lord. Everything I do, I think, what would the Lord think? started doing that recently. I think I've always done it, but much more sort of at the front of mind. If in doubt, take it before the Lord. Mm-hmm. But in this we have rest. Because Jesus, when he was killed and uh, shed his blood for us, he actually went to hell and conquered hell. Okay? Devil is dead, lived backwards. It's all in the words. Really it is. So the devil is dead. Yeah, this means that Jesus had victory over him. Okay? Also in the Bible, it refers to the devil as the devil who is but never was. Yes. Um, So what does this mean? It means that there's a war between truth and lies. And whatever isn't real is a lie. It doesn't exist. So there's only truth. So that's why Jesus says that when you know the truth, it will set you free. Because also when you know the truth, you'll know the beginning and you'll know the end. And you'll be sure because you'll be standing on the rock. And Jesus is the cornerstone. So he is our cornerstone and puts us all together. If you know, that cornerstone holds us all together. So it's also all about faith, trusting the Lord, but knowing that we're all going to be united together. Not long from now. Like just today, I was talking to my friend about it. And I was saying, it's hard to, to put everything into context, isn't it? When you're stuck here. <laughs> but when you realize that only a few years from now, I reckon, we're all going to be with the Lord together. We can all sing his praises. And we will all be singing a a new song, which I think, you know, when you realize that this is all part of God's plan, it just makes you feel more confident, doesn't it? Peace. It gives you peace. And that's exactly what I've read you. So, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I'm finding it tricky at times. I have moments where I just fall apart and then I'm okay again. Yeah, 
And, uh, you know, the reason I'm telling you this, because, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm just like you. I don't claim to be anything different. Just a child of God, trying my hardest to please the Lord and to get the message of truth out, spreading the message of Jesus, which is what God FM is all about, to all the people. And we try and target people who wouldn't necessarily hear the gospel. So everything that we do represents Christ. You know, when we are reborn in the body, when you walk around, you're representing Christ. So think about that also. When people see you and your kindness and your love that you demonstrate through Jesus, it is no longer you doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit inside you. But in order for this to operate, it needs a clean vessel. So you've got to get rid of all the dirt and all the unforgiveness, the, the grubby areas, <laughs> I call it. You know, those bits of resentment, the bits of anger, a bit of hate, a bit of revenge, all of those emotions. You need to take it to the Lord. Otherwise, your enemies have power over you. And Satan also has an entry into your life. So always be working on that. And if you're not sure, if you've forgiven people, try writing to them. That's really helped me. It's what the Lord told me I needed to do. But also to get their forgiveness. Cause, you know, we're all just little children here. You know, it's crazy, isn't it? I still feel like I'm 15, 16. <laughs> I haven't changed much, really. I was saying to someone the other day that I don't really know myself. And after I read the Bible, I realized I really didn't know myself that well. And I've changed so much. Just a whole new creature. I believe when you read the Bible, the words go through your eyes through your pineal gland, and it changes your DNA. Then it pr is processed in your DNA, and it activates. You know, because also we only use a tiny portion of our brain. So maybe this is all about activating our DNA. It's also about frequency and vibration. We've got different spectrums of reality. This world that we're in, the physical world, is actually not real compared to the spiritual, which is more real. It's interesting. So every day when you're out in this world, it doesn't really matter See, because nothing else matters. It's just the Lord that matters. And, you know, the thing I've found as well, when I pray for someone, if I cry, and I really feel the, their pain or whatever. I find the prayer gets through real quick. <laughs> you know, it's like it's got more velocity. You know, it's like punches through. Because I think, you know, between this reality and the, and the spiritual, there's not much space, you know. <laughs> but I think you've got to puncture a hole through it. You know, in the Bible, it says that when we were slaves in Egypt, the Lord heard us praying. And um, eventually he just couldn't take it anymore, couldn't stand it. So he came down and rescued us, and along came Moses. And this is pretty much what's going to happen this time. So we need to all pray. Prayer is amazing. It's very powerful, is prayer. You know, because they've got all the witches going around doing all their things. Yes, they have. <laughs> so we need to also remember that we have actually got authority over the demonic realm. We have. And we have victory through Jesus Christ. If you don't know what prayer to say when you feel threatened, like if you come under attack by demons or anything evil, just say I'm saved by the blood, the blood of Jesus. Watch them all flee. Hmm. That's the power of Jesus Christ. You see, it's all part of his ultimate plan. Because he's the author, 
and he's the authority. See, it's all in the words. There's nothing that the Lord can't do for you because he loves you. And he'll never let you go. He'll always keep pounding on your door. Yeah, even if you storm off in a rage, you know, because you feel like you're not getting anywhere. It might be that the Lord has to shut some doors so that he can open new doors. That's also what happens, I've found. But sometimes as well, my daughter was saying, how do we know what to do? Don't know. I said, you know, if in doubt, do nothing. Do nothing. Just pray. Seek the Lord's grace and mercy and give him praise. Because we have got a sanctuary. And we have within him. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. We can come up close and personal to him. And he's with us. So no one can take that away from you. That's actually more precious than any material thing. You see? Isn't that amazing? So if you imagine, it's so interesting, I think. When someone hates you, it doesn't matter what they, they do, they can't influence God's thoughts about you as well. I think that's just incredible. Because on earth, you know, someone just falls out with you. They can go around and make up stories and spread gossip. And before you know it, you've got a whole team of haters. <laughs> but they've believed lies. Yeah, I've had that. And so, and it can hurt. But you see, if they believe lies, they never knew you anyway. This is what Jesus means when he turns around and says, I never knew you. So if someone can do that to you, betray you so easily, and they never knew you. It's about also, I was saying to my daughter, you want to, to be happy, make sure that you unite yourself with a godly person because they all have godly principles. And they'll answer to God. They'll know that they answer to God. But these other ones, they won't know this. I've, I've found that everything is about whether people believe in God or not at the moment. A lot of people are coming to Christ. Use every opportunity you can to share the good news to your brothers and sisters. Yes, there are weeds as well. So you can't make weeds into weeds. Could remember that. And that's what Jesus meant when he said, oh, you snakes, your father's Satan. You speak the language of lies because you don't know how to speak truth. You don't know how to comprehend it because the, they don't know how to comprehend the light, the people in the darkness. They can't conquer it. They don't know how to comprehend it. So often when people are rejecting you, they are rejecting the light of Christ, which radiates inside you. Often the Holy Spirit, if they have one, is excited. And that's why they, they're getting conflicts. Because they're like, I like that, but I don't like it. Because also by shining the light, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to be woken up. But it's also waking them up to all the, the dirtiness that they're sitting in. Yes, in the squalor before they come to Christ. And then, you see, they have to recognize that they are sinners. They have to recognize that they need the Lord because he came for the, the sinners. If they don't think they're sinners, then there's no hope for them because they won't acknowledge that they're a sinner and therefore Christ didn't come for those people. It's so interesting when you psychoanalyze things. <laughs> so this way, the Lord gets who he wants. And we get who we want, yes? So all of us who are prepared to be humble and go before the Lord and to trust in the Lord and not in man and not in ourselves, not to lean on our own understanding, but we go to the Lord, we have the assurance that the Lord has conquered everyone, you know, all the evil. But also, in standing united with Christ, we have the power of Christ inside us with his Holy Spirit. And the demons are petrified of Jesus. Yes, and the truth. Because <laughs> demons are all about lies, like their father Satan. So the truth conquers, you see, as well. Because we come with a, the sword of truth, which Jesus comes with. 
And I believe this is what is really going on at the moment. It's a big division <laughs> of truth and lies. And even in people's families, there's big divisions. You can live with someone all your life and not realize that you never knew them. It's very interesting, isn't it? And I've also noticed, I might as well talk about this also. You know how men <laughs> can normally go around and have lots of women and all the rest of it, yes, and have free and easy time? A lot of them, yes. And it's all very acceptable, but a woman must not do this, yes? Okay, or she's a slut. Yes, I've always thought this is very interesting. And the other thing is if a woman dresses up too glamorous or whatever, then she's interpreted as uh, seeking to be raped or whatever. So these are interesting things. But also, since we've reached this pinnacle where I say about the two volcanoes, mountains hitting together, becoming a volcano, one of the things I've noticed is the whole thing's been turned on its head. So men who would normally be quite complacent and comfortable with an easygoing, free and easy, casual relationship, you know, between the sheets and whatever, yes, um, obviously God's children are still do this, okay? I'm just speaking facts. Sorry, it's true. And so what I've noticed is since this whole thing kicked off, men are really careful now and their values have changed. Yes, they don't want to go and uh, just sort of marry up with anyone. They're looking for the one. I've noticed it. They're looking for someone who can be a friend, companion, and has same morals. And if they have come to this awakening, they found the Lord as well. I found this. I've even witnessed it. Yes, with people I've known who, you know, were very different. And now they've come to the Lord and all their values have changed and their principles have changed. Um, but also women too. But, you know, it's about, you know, not accepting a temporary fill of satisfaction because it doesn't actually fill the hole of emptiness. See, what I found in this journey, after, um, you know, I had uh, divorced my husband, I was looking for a replacement. But then I realized I didn't need a replacement. I just needed the Lord. And so, in this way, I'm fulfilled. But a lot of people still go on searching. And little do they know that the Lord can fill this hole. But in general, people are looking for a companion, aren't they? And they want someone that they can relate to and be friends with. Because it's lonely, isn't it, with, uh, with the COVID thing? Yes. And so I've noticed this. Uh, one of my friends uh, looks after s s some students and um, she was having problems with them because they are, you know, up to no good male and female youngsters <laughs> bonding very quickly and um, emotions are very high. But I think it's happening in adults too. And this is all because I have explained it to my daughter. The way I see it is that we've changed, all of us. We're becoming new people. It's like our world's been turned inside out, upside down, just like it was saying in Acts, yeah? As the world has literally been turned upside down. And emotionally, people are different. I've noticed it. And they're their morals, their standards, and what they're looking for is different. Everything about them, their motivations, what keeps them going, all different, very different. And so, but we've all got little elements, right, that all joins us together. But also, we're being refined independently, even though we're all one body of Christ so that when it all fits together as the body and becoming the temple, 
it'll be perfect. So some of us might be the wrong size, might be, uh, you know, a circle when we have to be a square block to go in this temple. So we have to be refined and have the edges chopped off us. Sometimes that's not very pleasant, is it? So, but also what I'm finding, as I say, is that people have started to look at life differently. They're not really keen to uh, support this evil uh, agenda. And also, they're not supporting the Masons and the corrupt governments of the world. And this can lead down two different roads. One is really much about depression, and the other is all about um, being happy that you found the Lord. But then often what I found is you're in two worlds. One minute you're all about God and everything else, and then you're in this reality again, and you've got to work out how to uh, juggle and uh, remain sane because it is a war on your mind. Um, and so then, you know, we fall apart a bit, and then we come back to the Lord. And so this is the way I found it just go around in circles. Yes. <laughs> if it helps you. Uh, this is one of the things I've noticed. And so I've noticed it also with uh, all the people I love lo that are close to me. And one of the things that really hurts me about it is that it's like a post-traumatic stress disorder. So if you were um, in an emotional relationship with someone or a car crash, sometimes you don't realize the impact. So like if you split with someone, I've had it before, you know, when I've had my heart broken and I thought, I listened to it, the person saying all the things, and then I was like, yeah, that's fine, no worries. <laughs> Easy peasy, off you go then, do whatever you want, I don't care. And then a few hours later, I'm in in a state, crying my eyes out. Yeah. So in the same way with COVID and everything changing and the world has changed, it's like I wake up and I'm in a post-traumatic stress disorder and my daughter I've noticed as well. So, and the thing as well, it's a bit like, you know, when you uh, have a really bad memory and you suppress it so you don't remember it. That's what happens with post-traumatic stress. So in the same way, you can wake up and forget about everything and then something happens and it's back to it again. It's like post-traumatic stress. But what I've come to realize is that when you realize that your treasure is in heaven, and it always was, yes, always was, will, is, was, and will was, yes, because the Lord is in control. There's no accident that the Lord has put you here for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. And everything you do in, he, in this earth is building up your treasures in heaven and our royal kingdom of our glorious, amazing King of Kings, who is the salvation and the redemption for all us, all of us together. We have to all be united. We all have to love one another, share the love of Christ to build it. It's like pieces of string and it joins all hands together. And then we're all together, even though we may be separated. And in this way, the Holy Spirit is comforted. And that love is a force that you cannot fight. No one can fight against the Lord. And this is what it means. If you really believe in the Lord, it doesn't matter what anyone does. It doesn't even matter if the whole world comes against you. The Lord is with you. And they will not succeed, even if the whole world Millions of people fight you because the God of Israel 
is real, is with us, because we're in the truth. Yes, we are real. Everything else is fake. When you realize that, then you, you don't need to put hope into this world. So next time you're thinking, oh, I don't know what to do, remember what I've just said, because it makes me feel better. Yes, that the, the, the treasures are in heaven and our reward is in heaven. And our love unites us and it conquers and defeats the enemy. And it also shines the light. So the demons are petrified, you see. So next time you get in an argument with someone, quickly pray in your head, Lord, please help me with this. I don't know what to say. I found that. That helps as well. So if you notice someone is depressed and they're down, grab their hands and pray with them. Lord, please take away this depression, fear, anxiety. Please fill them with joy and peace and happiness. Let us all be united together through love. Look at those people. Imagine it was you. It's another way of doing it. So this is what helps me, knowing that our treasures are in heaven, the Lord is in control, and it's all part of his glorious plan. This is just a separation of the wheat from the chaff, and we've just got to be in the race, and we've got to make sure we win this race. But we already know that we have, in Christ, who has victory by dying on the cross. Remember, it's only those who recognize that they need to be saved, that Jesus came for. So those people who are continuing on with their life, they don't think they need to be saved because they don't think they're sinners. They think they're perfect in their own right. They lean on their own understanding and they're of the world, aren't they? They're in the world and of the world. And we are not. We're in the world, but not of the world. We're of Christ, joined together spiritually, not physically. And in this way, we're all, this temple makes it all complete. The kingdom of God has come upon you. In Jesus' name. And that brings me to a close. I'm going to do the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I know that you are the Son of God. I know you died on the cross for me and shed your blood for me. I know that I'm a sinner and I beg forgiveness for my sins. I wish to follow you and I wish to please you. Please don't let me do anything embarrassing. Please provide for me in every way. I put you in charge of everything. I make you my chief and king and I serve you and I thank you. I hand it all over, authority and control of my life. You may be my Lord and Master. I pray this now in Jesus' name. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan and his cronies in the name of Jesus Christ. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. If my family have followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, Freemasons, the Masons, any tarot readers, Ouija board or pagan festivals, and if we've done anything to annoy you, Lord, that we shouldn't have done in our families. I ask that you break those chains of any generational curses and remove those curses from us right now in the name of Jesus for me and my family and my future generations. I pray right now and my previous generations, may they also be freed from this yoke of slavery to death, sin and darkness. Please release us now. I'm saved by the blood in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for dying on the cross for me. May I also please be given wisdom and understanding to navigate this world, that I'll be able to help others also find the truth of Jesus Christ and spread the good news to others, that through you, that they will be saved in your holy name. Please let also the demons be petrified and flee and be petrified whenever they see me coming and anyone else that's hearing this message. I pray you will provide in every way, financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all the things that we need. You know what we need before we pray. 
So we need a house, we need food, we need transport, we need ways to produce an income, whether that be working for ourselves or other people, but also to give our children the love and the parentage that they need and deserve and require. That it may be in you that they find the truth through us. I pray this right now, that you'll protect our children, no matter what happens, please. And I pray that you will protect our animals also, the ones we love. Anything that we have worked for, that you will keep it holy and clean, not let anything defile us. Let no witchcraft or Satanism or anything come near us. Put your army of angels around us as a hedge of protection that we are guarded by your heavenly angels, as is the heritage of being a child of God's. Pray right now. I thank you for dying on the cross, Father. I know we, we've let you down, and I, and I really am sorry about this. So I pray for all our previous generations and our future generations and our current generations of your true tribes of Israel that you'll forgive us. And storm down here, please. Come and rescue us because we really want to be in our mansions, our kingdom with you, joined together through the body. Castles in the sky. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, also get rid of any illness. Also, that you be renewed, full of strength, joy, peace, happiness, all those wonderful qualities that the Lord blesses us with. That the moment a worry comes in your head, you'll, the Lord will snatch it out of your mind and you'll just be filled with peace and joy. I pray this right now for all the people listening. That you just be filled with peace and comforts. And you just know that the Lord is in control. And he's got you in the palms of his hands. In Jesus' mighty name, this is Aisha from God, from God FM with Castles in the Sky. Have a good day. God bless you.